Proverbs chapter number 10 to begin with tonight, Proverbs chapter number 10. And while you're turning there, I'll remind you uh, of our series, this Wednesday night series, and uh, Proverbs chapter number 10. And we're in the series People of Proverbs, and each Wednesday uh, we are taking a different character, and we are uh, looking at these characters, and what does the Bible say about these characters, uh, how to avoid being these characters, those ones that we need to avoid, uh, and then how to be the characters that we want to be. And uh, then also the Bible tells us how to deal with these kinds of people, if you will. And uh, for example, just, you know, well, this person's acting like a fool. How do I do? I have to decide how to fill with them. No, the Bible tells us how to deal with them. And so we just need to know what the Bible says about these different characters. And so uh, we'll look at this again this evening. I'm going to begin in Proverbs chapter number 10. And I'll read one verse to get us started tonight as a text verse. Then we'll have a word of prayer. And then we'll be using our Bibles tonight through the book of Proverbs. And I believe I have seven uh, different truths or principles concerning this character tonight. And so we will be out before the new year. I promise you that. And so uh, Proverbs chapter number 10, look at verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. I want us to see a wise son. Tonight, I think this is study number 40 we've done in this series, but we're going to be dealing with the wise son dealing with the wise son. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity once again to open your word. Uh, what a anchor it is for us. What a uh, roadmap it is. How much encouragement we get from it. Uh, but we also get the conviction from it. <coughs> we get help from it. And Father, tonight, I pray that your truths, uh, your word, these principles, uh, will take them, apply them to our heart. I, th I pray that it challenges us in some of our relationships, but I pray that uh, it also encourages us uh, to continue doing the right things as you've laid them out. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we deal with the wise son, we're going to see what makes a wise son and how there's a, a couple of different people involved in that uh, that are necessary to make a wise son. And as we think of this, I want us to think of the perspective of father to son. We know that uh, Solomon is the human author that is writing to his son. Uh, Solomon, the wisest man uh, that, that lived, the wisdom that he got from God. I didn't say he was the perfect man, but he was a wise man. And Solomon was certainly uh, one who was qualified to teach the truths uh, that, that the Lord instructed him to teach because uh, he knew what wisdom was. He knew what the instruction was. Uh, and, and Solomon could say, if you follow this, this is the good that's going to happen. And if you don't, I can testify that this is going to take place. And so uh, he's given that instruction to his son. So I want us to think of that perspective of father to son. But we can also look at this tonight from an authority, talking about that father, to the responsibility, the son. Certainly this applies, and I think this is the way that most of us will apply it tonight. And so those of you that are rearing children, certainly you want to look at this from this perspective of a father giving instruction to his son, because we see the relationship there, a wise son maketh a glad father. Uh, so we look at it from that perspective, but also from a position of authority. I'll use as the pastor's a responsibility. As I teach the wisdom of God's Word, there's a responsibility that I have. There's a responsibility that I have to teach it. Don't you think you ought to have a pastor that takes his responsibility seriously? to teach the Word of God, I've told you many, many times. If, if I give you my opinion, you can take it or leave it. But if I say, thus saith the Lord, you don't have the choice to take it or leave it. And so there's a responsibility on your pastor to give the wisdom. Now, when I give the wisdom, that responsibility is now from me to you to receive the wisdom. So you have the Father... You have the Son. I could testify as your pastor tonight. Nothing thrills my heart to watch God's people grow. 
Nothing thrills my heart to see God do a work in your life, to see a new Christian grow in the Lord, to see our young people uh, actually uh, grow into what God has for them to do. It makes us all thankful we didn't kill them when they were running around here. Uh, but uh, that brings great joy. So we look at that perspective tonight. We look at this from perspective of father to son. We can look at this from authority to responsibility. And if you have, let me just say this to, to young men especially. Um, you want authority, but we have a problem today in our society, not just among young men. I want young men to file this away. We want authority today, but no responsibility that comes with that authority. Well, I wish I was the pastor. I could make all these decisions. Well, anytime God wants to take it off of me and put it on you, one, we're all in trouble. But I, I mean, that's, that's his decision. There's responsibility that comes with that authority. Uh, young men, before you get married, you take on, a, take on a wife, you better understand something. Well, I'll, I'll be the head of my house. There's a responsibility that comes with that. I'll be the head of my home. There's a responsibility that comes with that. You're going to serve in ministry. I, I don't know why pastor doesn't ask me to, 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 to serve in this ministry. That's the reason why. But I don't know why he doesn't ask me to do this. Well, it may be you might have ability. You might have some, some knowledge. But do we understand the responsibility? So we want to look at both sides of that this evening. We can learn from the authority standpoint. We see in that verse, the glad father, the wise son. There's that authority. We can learn from the authority standpoint. What I must do or what I must teach to produce a wise son. Let me back up to a Bible study that I taught in the past and something we understand here about wisdom and something we understand about our children. It's not, it's not a game of chance. It's like you go and that new baby's going to be born. It's like, oh, I hope he's not a fool. I hope he's not a fool. I hope he's not a fool. Oh, I hope I get a wise one. I hope I get a wise one. I hope I get a wise one. Oh, but her, her family, I know it. The chances are not good, but, you know, oh, I hope, I hope I get a wise one. I hope I get... That's not the way it is. We're all born the same. It's the wisdom that is taught and then received. That is what, we, where's determination of a fool, a wise person, so on and so forth. So if I have a position of authority, or one day I'm going to have a position of authority... I need to pay attention to that viewpoint, what I must do with the wisdom, what I must, must teach that is wisdom to produce a wise son. There's a lot of times as Christians and preachers are very guilty of this, we'll complain about the condition of our church, but we're not fulfilling our responsibility. We'll complain, whose kids are those? Oh, those are my kids. Somebody I tell them what to do. We'll complain about society, but yet we won't preach the word of God. There is a responsibility to produce. Why do we teach the things we teach? Why do we teach the Word of God in, in our kindergarten Sunday school class? Why do we teach the Word of God in elementary? It's not just about whatever it is that's out there. Why? Because this is what produces a wise son. You stop teaching the Bible in your home, you're not going to get a wise son. You pull your kids out of a Bible-preaching church and take them to one that entertains them, you'll not get a wise son. Well, their GPA is, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about wisdom. And so we have that perspective. We can also learn from the son's standpoint what I must do to be a wise son. What I must do. So there's just two standpoints that we want to look at tonight. Now, let me give you the... Definition of wise again. So we have a proper definition of what is a wise son. It's not getting facts because we Googled something. It's not what does Wikipedia say. Hold on. It's not even a Facebook poll of what is popular and unpopular. We must have the proper definition of wisdom and what is wise. So when we see the scripture tonight... A wise son, we understand what it is talking about. It means properly having knowledge, hence having the power of discerning and judging correctly. You can get what they call book knowledge and not have wisdom. 
Because wisdom is knowledge that gives us the power and ability to discern and judge correctly. If I have to go in and have, have, have a surgery, I want more than somebody to just make straight A's on their test. I want somebody that has some wisdom that helps them discern. Do I do this or do I do that? Is this making sense? How much more so with our life? And now there's a lot of people, and young people listen to me, there's a lot of people who grow up in church, you could call them second generation, third generation, 45 generation Christians, whatever it is. They know a lot of facts, but they don't have wisdom to discern. We hear this, I say this often, I've heard people say it, we don't have any discernment. It's true. You know why? Because we don't know our Bible. Because we haven't taken principles and applied them in our life. Christians make too many decisions. So we're not supposed to make decisions? I'm not supposed to be decisive? No, God's already made decisions for us. Well, i got to think about what to do. And I know what it is to wrestle and try and find that discernment. I'm not ruling that out. There's a lot of times we wrestle over things that God has already established. That's wisdom, having the knowledge to discern and judge correctly, or of discriminating between what is true and what is false, what is proper and what is improper. We do need some Bible knowledge, but more than that, we need Bible wisdom. So when we say a wise son, it is a son who has some knowledge to where he can discern between right and wrong. More than that, he has some knowledge so he can discern that which is right and almost right. Because almost right is wrong. How are we going to know that? Well, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. You're not an infallible judge of character. You're not an omniscient judge of character. But what is? The Bible is. And so we must have that. That's why, and I commend you, and I know as the saying goes, you're preaching to the choir tonight because you're here on a Wednesday night Bible study in between Christmas and New Year's. You're here because you want to be. You're here because you want to be taught the Word of God. But you ought to be in Sunday school. You ought to be in Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. You ought to be in Wednesday night Bible study. You know, we have special meetings. You ought to be in every one of them. Why? Because that's why you can get more instruction so you have more wisdom to be able to discern. So I think I've already said it. So where do we get that source of wisdom? Anybody have a guess? The Bible. The Word of God. Be very, very careful. Well, I think. This is how I feel. In my heart. Be very, very, Many Christians have destroyed their families after they've made those statements right there. Well, Pastor, do you not believe they were sincere? I believe they were sincerely wrong, sincerely foolish. Because, I mean, I know how I feel at 4.30 in the morning. I'm not in a very good decision-making mood. Uh, we get, what the point is, we get tired, we get weary. Our emotions get involved. What do we need? We need wisdom. Where do we get that? From the Word of God. And, and, I'll, and I'll say a couple things, and I'll get into the outline. I'll let you out on, on, on time, whatever time that is. But you've got to be very, very careful going to another Christian for counsel before you go to the Word of God. And I'll say this. I, I, I'm available to you. You know that. I would encourage you to use your pastor. But you need to go to God... Before you come to me. Because when you come to me, you know what I'm going to say? What does God say? Because that is wisdom. See, and, and I appreciate this, and this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back, and I'm, I'm really not. It's, if it's true, it's just true. I mean, it's not bragging. But there's many times, something, one of you will say, well, pastor's got wisdom. It used to say wisdom beyond my years, but I think my years have caught up with. <laughs> this, is what, this is how I take that. I have found what God has said. 
and I say, this is what God has said. Wisdom, mom and dad. You say, I don't don't have a good education, but do you have Bible wisdom? Because then you can discern. You know, I think young people in school, you ought to do the best you can, make as high a grades as you can. Um, Now, the guys have it stacked against them because the teachers are always favor the girls, but that's a whole, so do the best you can. But I would rather you have wisdom to discern. And this is going to help. We're going to get into this. And parents, this ought to help you. You ought to put a higher premium on them getting instruction from this book so they can discern the decisions in life that whether or not they can find X in an algebra equation. Because that's not going to take them far in life. But having some Bible discernment will help them make decisions that will have God's blessing on them, but it'll also help them make decisions that'll keep them from destroying their lives. So we must have that Bible wisdom. All right, now let's deal with the wise son. We already saw in chapter 10 and verse number 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father. But a fool, let me just back up and say this. I'm, you know, I'm more, there are theologians I'm more impressed with a Christian man, a Christian lady whose Bible is falling apart than I am a theologian that's got 17 degrees and, doesn't, and can't discern. Sometimes it's like, well, he's a nigga. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, how in the world? Because they don't have Bible wisdom. Don't be intimidated by education. I'd rather have wisdom. Now, our school, it's, it's got a high academic standard. You wouldn't know it by our teachers, but it has, it has, it has, it has, it has high, though it has a very high, ac- I was looking at Tori when I said that, it had high, it has high academic standards. But part of the product is we want them to have some Bible wisdom, some character. Now, if I don't get to the outline, we are going to be here to the new year. Chapter 10, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. In chapter 15, verse 20, the Bible says almost the same thing. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Let me make statement number one. A wise son is a delight, not a burden. A wise son is a delight, not a burden. Now, I want you to remember the different perspectives we're looking at this tonight, and I'm going to I'm going to help some of you as we get to the end with the devil making you feel guilty about something. But I want to say this at the beginning, a wise son is a delight, not a burden. When I was a young man, I made up my mind. I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I made up my mind that I, would, I want to be a delight to my parents, not a burden to my parents. Not to be the goal of every young person, young adult, that they will be a delight. You know, to the day my, my mama went to heaven, I, I could do no wrong. I mean, I was the perfect child because I was. I wasn't perfect, but I can honestly say one of the things that comforts me is I really believed I was a delight. Not because I was perfect, but I tried to have some wisdom. But that'll be the goal. I want to be a delight, not a burden. A wise son is a delight, not a burden. And don't you want to have kids that, you know, I've lived long enough, I've been in ministry long enough, you see decisions some make when their kids are small, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, 10 years from now, you're going to regret that, if not before. You say, well, they're, going to, they're creating burdens. Well, they wouldn't do that. Well, then they need to give them wisdom. Number two, chapter 10, verse 5. Chapter 10, verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. Now, in Florida, they may have heat stroke, but they're wise. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. A wise son, number two, a wise son is diligent. A wise son is diligent. One of the things I like about our program for young people, and I know sometimes, and, and, just, and just to remind y'all, the same time you're rearing kids through our ministry, I'm rearing them too. 
So they're, they're the schedule that you're keeping, I'm keeping. And sometimes I'm like saying, who approved all of these stupid activities? Who approved all of this? And it's like, well, I know who did. And, and it was a good decision. The point is, they're busy and they learn how to work. They learn responsibility and being diligent. Now, I'm not up here going to be preaching against video games tonight. But, you know, we have a, you know, God help us. You know, if we have to go to war one day and these gamers are like, I'm in it. And I was like, oh, God help us. That's not going to do it. What I'm saying is, if we're not, a wise son is diligent about his business. A, a wise son is, when it's harvest time, he's gathering the harvest. And the comparison to that in verse number five is, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. You know why? Because somebody's got to take care of him. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Especially, especially every man who has a son, you don't want your son to be the lazy kid. You want to be diligent. Now, so you've got to let kids be kids. I'm not saying you, 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 know, you don't do that, but you get the, 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 the principle. A wise son is diligent. Number three, chapter 13, verse 1. Chapter 13, verse number 1. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Statement number three is this. A wise son respects and desires his father's instruction. A wise son respects and desires his father's instruction. You ever talk to your kids and they hear you, but they're not heareth? They, I'm listening, but they're not hearing. Um, by the way, be careful not to sit in a Bible study and listen and not hear. Don't sit in a Sunday school class and listen and not hear. A wise son respects and desires his father's instruction. Notice that verse again. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. There's that. What's that instruction in context of it? It's the wisdom. There's we all, if you've lived any length of time, we all have wisdom we learned the wrong way. Meaning, we've learned from our mistakes. Or if I could say it like this, we've learned from our own stubbornness and our own stupidity. Now we have wisdom to say, you know, when the Bible says not to do that, take my word for it, don't go that direction. There's wisdom that comes from that. There's wisdom that comes from, I don't have to go prove this and come back with scars and baggage. I can accept it. Then I can live it. A wise son respects and desires his father's instruction. We, we need to get back in our churches and among Christian people respecting the head of the house who's faithful to provide for his family, who won't take a promotion that gets him out of church, that won't take a promotion to move him across the country where there isn't a good church, or one that is not as strong as the church he goes to so that his children and his family can have some wisdom. And when dad speaks, there ought to be a desire to hear what he has to say. And in the context of another way we're looking at it, from authority to that responsibility, well, there's, and you know this, the pastor's not infallible. But, there, but if, you, if there's a faithful pastor, there ought to be a measure of well, I at least want to hear what he has to say. You know, for 15 years, you know, hypo, you know, just giving an illustration, he's been faithful. I might want to hear what he has to say in this because he's been teaching us the Word of God. We ought to respect and desire that instruction. There's one thing, I th- I th- you know, and God's been good to me. One reason why I think he has been good to me is because even at the age I'm a- I am, I still desire and respect the instruction that comes from those 
who are further down the road than me. Not just my own father, but those of that generation. There's Because there's wisdom there that I can receive from this, that direction. A wise son is wise. Are you with me? Because he is wise enough to listen. And he wants his father's direction. Now notice this. There's, there's something that, and you know, I just, I just am very transparent from up here. There's something that bothers me among Christian people today. And I think it's always been there. But I think because of the internet and social media, you see it more. It are, are those who grow up in Bible-believing churches, have a good mom and dad who's not perfect, but do their best to provide for them, provide for them a Christian education, provide, work a second job so can send them to teen camp and all these other things, and then they turn into the biggest critics and scorners of the very people who taught them the Word of God so they got saved. That, that, that independent Baptist church is so horrible. You mean where you got saved? That one? That Bible, so you mean the one where you got saved out of? Well, that church and that, that you know where you met your, your husband? Or you met your wife? You remember, you remember that? I, I agree. Look at you now. That's horrible. Well, say, well, how does that happen? It's right here. Here's a key here. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. I can testify to this because I grew up in this church. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in, in, in all the programs that the kids here are growing up in. And you hear instruction after instruction after instruction after instruction after instruction and after instruction. And if you're not careful, after a while it's, you know, it's la da 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. Because we get so full of ourselves, And we stop listening to the authority God's put in our life. And when you have instruction, you have instruction, you have instruction, a fool, as we've learned, has, they just, they're absent of that instruction, or they ignore it. That's bad enough. God says for a fool, they're, 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 they're going to destroy themselves. God didn't, well, God's going to destroy that fool. No, he didn't have to. Because the fool is going to do enough foolish things to destroy himself. But a scorner, God says, I'll deal. We've seen it. He says, I'll deal with him personally. How does that happen? How do we get there? We don't listen to the instruction that we have. And so I'll make this point before we move on. When it comes to a wise son respects and desires his father's instruction, when he does that, he's protected from ever becoming a scorner. I know this isn't on a scorner tonight, but it's a dangerous place to be. Because God doesn't say, reason with them. He says, cast them out. God doesn't say, be patient with them. He says, smite them. That's a day. I don't want to get there. I said, Pastor, you're trying to scare young people. I hope so. I don't want to, so what's protection from that? Listening to the instruction. I'm so glad that I heard the things I did growing up. And I heard so many times from different preachers, well, you're, you're putting yourself in danger when God deals with your heart, when the word's preached, and you don't make that decision right there. Because what we're doing is we're ignoring the instruction. So a wise son is going to respect and desire. Let me say this, you don't always understand the instruction. Well, I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. If you go to the back of your Bible, past the maps, there's the loopholes there. And if you, if you don't understand it, you don't have to do it. Some of you are actually looking. I'm being very sarcastic. Or I don't agree, I don't agree with it. Oh, that's right under the, the I don't understand it. Can, can I just, and I've been there, and I'm still, I don't understand everything, all the God's direction, but can I just say, I've lived long enough that I'm glad my God is so much bigger than me that I don't understand 
the reason why he says everything and does everything. But if you let life play out, sometimes you're like, oh, that's why. Uh, we must respect and desire Father's instruction. Number four, chapter 23. Everybody still with me? Chapter 23. In verse number 15. Chapter 23, verse number 15. My son, if thine heart be, what? Wise. My heart shall rejoice, even mine. So if your heart's wise, son, my heart is going to rejoice. Number four, a wise son is a result of the father's investment in correction. A wise son is a result of the father's investment in correction. How many of you believe the Bible tonight? Okay, verse 15, my son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice even mine. So if you believe the Bible, the Bible says, that, wise son, if, if your heart's wise, son, then that's going to make my heart happy. I'm going to rejoice in that. Doesn't say anything about the talent they have. It just says they're going to be, so how does that happen? You got to go up to verse 13. Withhold, verse 12 is applying thine heart of the instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, I don't think I have to do this. I've taught him what that means. That doesn't mean you, well, good night. Who's beating, you know, I've taught on the rod and what that means. But the point is for tonight, it's correction. You're not doing your responsibility, your child or the person God's given you authority over any favors by not correcting them. Mom and dad, you're supposed to be the person that corrects them. And if you can't be their BFF because of it, then don't be their... They don't want you dressing like them anyway, Mom. And don't be their best friend. You know, it's, we, we, it's instruction. It's correction. I, I, tell you, I, I, I love you as your pastor. I hope you know that. I will do anything for you that is within the, the bounds of Scripture and my ability to do it. It's my nature to want to give you everything you can have. It's my nature to see you have everything. But it's also my responsibility when, when, the, when it's, the, when it's the, my responsibility to do it is to correct. Because that's where wisdom comes from. And... If you are still rearing your children, please take note of this. A wise son is a result of the father's investment in correction. I just don't have time for that. You better make time. You better make time. It's an investment in correction. Number five, chapter 23, verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. There's that hearing again. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Now, what are you supposed to hear? And guide thine heart in the way. Now, so many times we just say, well, you know, for example, you need to have joy. Okay, how do I have joy? Well, the Bible tells us how to do that. God doesn't give us a command or tell us to do something without telling us how we can do it. For example, well, I can never forgive them. You could, not in your flesh, but with the help of the Spirit, you might have to fast and pray to do it. But you can. So that's the whole, that's the whole point. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Number five, a wise son allows instruction to guide him in the right way. Now, we'll read some more scripture here in just a moment, but let me say, there's been a lot of people who have hurt themselves, hurt their future, and quite frankly, many have destroyed their lives because they're going to make their own decisions. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm a man. I, there's young men who feel called to preach, want to be in the ministry, and I believe they have killed their ministry before it ever started because I can make my own decisions. Just because you stand in a pulpit don't, don't give you license and liberty outside of the Word of God. There's instruction there. A wise son allows the instruction to guide his way. Not my emotions. 
No, your pastor, in, 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 in amazing, Brother, Brother Guthrie, you, you could probably relate to this. Well, our, our pastor is, is a man like everybody else. Well, how come our pastor is not here every time and answer every text on time and take every phone call? Well, he's just a man. Well, that's no excuse. Don't you have the Holy Spirit? Which is it? I don't even know how that ties in, but but a wife son allows that instruction. I, you know, I, the point I'm making is I have emotions. I have the capability of getting upset. Of I'm going to make this decision. No, I have to allow instruction to guide the way. How do I treat this person? How do I instruct the flock? How do I administer that correction? Why the instructions there? Look at the instruction for that, for that young man. Look, verse 20. Be not among wine bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. He's talking about who you hang around. And parents, don't be afraid to tell your kids they can't hang around the deacon's kids. I mean, I mean, it's just just I was gonna say preacher's kids, but I've I've been on both sides of that, but. Be not among wine bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not the mother when she is old. Every young adult, every child, listen to me. Alcohol will ruin your life. I don't care what the NFL says. I don't care what the NBA says. I don't care what any celebrity says. It will destroy your life. Listen to those that give instruction. I I idolize that. Well, that's a problem. Let the instruction God, number 22, hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. By the way, that, that person that, you know, that social media profile or that YouTube channel, they didn't begat you. That friend didn't begat you. There's a couple ways to look at that. It's your, your flesh and blood mom and dad who brought you into this earth and sacrificed for you. And then you turn your back. No, take their instruction. But at the same time, you know, spiritually speaking... Remember the people who begat you, who taught you. When you were discouraged, came and visited you. When you were in the hospital, came and prayed for you. You Remember that instruction. Uh, Verse 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. A wise son allows instruction to guide him in the right way. Number six, I've got to hasten. Chapter 27, verse 11. Two more to go. Chapter 27, verse 11. My son, be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproacheth me. Now, let me help you with something. He didn't say, my son, make straight A's. Now, some of these guys are like, that's preaching right there, Pastor. That's... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But he's saying be wise, which means anybody can be wise. Not anybody can make straight A's. If you can make straight A's, knock yourself out, weirdo. But you just make make straight A's. You get the point I'm making. Anybody can have wisdom. Why? Because it comes from God. So he says, be wise, my son, be wise, and make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproacheth me. Number six, a wise son validates the instruction of the father. A wise son validates the instruction of the father. Look at what Solomon says. He says, my son, be wise and make my heart glad. We've seen that several times. That makes perfect sense. That I may answer him that reproacheth me. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've got family who cast a reproach on the way you're rearing your children according to this book. Because of the technology today, churches like ours that still believe this Bible, we get reproaches thrown at us all the time. And some, you're letting 
those intimidate you when God has made commands. I learned this a long time ago as a pastor. I'm not answering to Twitter. I'll stand at the judgment seat of God. I don't think he's interested in what somebody said on Twitter. I'm not answering to my family reunion. I'm answering to the word of God. So a wise son gives the father who's given the instruction an answer to him that reproaches. Why do you want your kids to be, why do you want them to go to that Christian school? I mean, what are they going to be able to do? I mean, they're not going to be able to do what everybody else does. That's true. They can read. They don't hate America. They don't think they evolved from a monkey. They know what gender they are. The wise son validates that. And I'm getting ahead of myself because i got to hurry. When you make a decision when it comes to not just your future, but the future of your family, you better think 10 years down the road. Because that's when the validation is going to come, or that's when the regret is coming. So the way is right. Let me say this. The way is right. Whether the son heeds the direction, don't let your rebellious older children make you feel guilty because you drug them to Sunday school, you taught them the Bible, you wouldn't let them do what everybody else did. You said, this is what God has said, this, and if they didn't heed it, it's still right. They, it's still right. And every preacher worth his salt he has, the, he has the mindset, I'm going to preach the Word of God. If everybody leaves, it's still right. No, I don't want you to leave. And I want more to come. But whether that, that son heeds it or not, it's still right. Well, this is a generation, and they need their safe space. And, well, God's not changing the Bible for them. And He's not changing it for you. He's not changing it for me. He's not changing it for a generation. So let me say that, whether they heed it or not, it's still right. I want everybody to take what is preached from this book behind this pulpit and the love and the labor and the prayer and the study that goes with it, to take it and apply it. But not everybody's going to, but I'm not going to leave discouraged at this book because it's right. And, 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 and Christian, that, that authority that you have, you teach it, and if they don't accept it, it's still right. So when the wise, But when the wise son heeds the instruction, their life answers the critic and validates the correct teaching. If you have young children that you're rearing, you stay in this book and you, you bear that reproach from the world, from other family, you bear that reproach. Because if you do it long enough, the time's going to come when there's an obvious difference. The things you are talking about with joy, they cannot talk about. And you know what it is? It's validation. You should have had your kids in Sunday school. You, you, should have, you should have put them under the preaching of the Word of God. I know that pastor's narrow-minded and this and that. Well, well, look at what they were kept from. Now, I've already said that the instruction can be given and somebody can reject it. Not every kid, sadly, who's taught this is going to keep it. Still right. But let me give some motivation, if I could, on top of the fact that God said it, so that should be motivation enough. But fathers should teach wisdom, not to be validated, but because it's right. And it equips the son to please God. 
we've got to get to a place, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're in the South. I'll use football as an, as an example. Some of you still were that favorite football team, and they're horrible. I'm not going to mention any teams that we are in Florida, so I'll just leave it at that. And so, because that's your team. That's what I've always been. This is what we are. This is who we are. And you'll walk into 90,000 other people wearing the other color, but yet we're intimidated because we were in our kid by our children by the word of God and it's it's a reproach well your kid's going to be your kid's going to be a weirdo i know i've already went through the list they're going to be able to read and write and and, and love america no they're going to know that they're a boy or a girl look at what they're missing out on we teach it cuz it's right and we want our we want those in our responsibility to know how to please god Sons, children, should take the teaching and heed it, knowing it will equip their life, but that God's work in their life through the teaching validates the teaching. Permit me to be personal with an illustration. We have a unique relationship. I'm not talking about the love-hate part. I'm just saying we have a unique relationship. I grew up in this church. There's people in this church who I went to school with. There's people in this church, you were my school teachers. We have history, as they say. Through the decades, there was reproach because of our stand. It was not lost on me. It's not lost on me that as your pastor... There's validation in this book. Because when the instruction is heeded, it works. And it's like, it's just, you don't know how many times I've disarmed people that say, well, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, I know. I went to the same class. I know that youth activity was lame back then, too. I, I know, I know, I know. I, I, we, we had the same schedule. I know that selling candy. I know it. My kids got to do it too. Oh, Mrs. Nelson. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, I know. You get the point I'm making? So let me give some motivation to this generation coming up. I want to do right because I want to please God. But it also gives joy in my heart. To know that every sacrifice, there's got to be a sense with a faithful mom, a faithful dad to say, it was worth the sacrifice. It was worth holding that line because there's some validation there. If you'll permit me to say it, the pastor of this church is validation to the faithfulness of Sunday school teachers. The faithfulness of those legalistic, as they say, beliefs that one, they don't even know what that means. You know, I don't like to hear those things either, but I know that there's validation when we apply the wisdom. Number seven, I'll just mention it in about 17 comments and I'll be done. Chapter 28, verse seven. I hope that last point made sense. Verse 7, a wise son, chapter 28, verse 7, a wise, whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. Number 7 is very simple. A wise son lives a life of discipline. What does that mean? He lives by the law. What law? God's law. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. So we could draw from that that you don't have to be perfect and you can still be a wise son if you'll just start living by the law. I end with this. With everything that I've taught, it is the truth of the Word of God. 
But for a conclusion, I wrote three words at the bottom of, the, of my notes tonight. The three words are this, never too late. There's some, you say this to me every night, I wish I'd have had that teaching when I was a little bit younger. I wish when my kids, I would have had that teaching. Well, it's never too late to start teaching it. It's never too late. You say, well, my kids are grown. Okay, what other authority do you have? Do you have that Sunday school class? Do you have those grandchildren? Do you have some kind of influence over here? It's never too late to start giving that instruction. And then if you haven't always been a wise son, and like I've taught us before, we don't want to live as fools, but we've all been fools. They're just a fool. Hey, you've, you've been there. I've been there. It's, it's, it's our nature. But it's never too late to be a wise son. But pastor, what about all of this? And I'll use the word that she's like, baggage. And, and there are consequences for our actions. Well, start being a wise son today. Right now. Well, you don't know. It doesn't matter. It's never too late. One of the most wonderful things about our God, and there's so many, is that you can be an absolute fool by His definition. And if you'll respond to His instruction... In his mind, you'll go from fool to wise. What changed? A Bible college degree? No. I'm going to live by the law. I'm going to live by his instruction. So as we deal with a wise son, whatever perspective you look at this, or whatever perspective you find yourself on, and if you live long enough, you'll be on both perspectives. As we deal with that wise man, let's make sure we're teaching wisdom. And as we are taught wisdom, we receive it, apply it. Father, help us tonight as we consider.